Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, yeah. You guys, how many people were here last Sunday, Memorial Day weekend? I saw Pastor Doug Bergsma. Wasn't he awesome on Sunday? It was, uh, it was really a, a neat chance that I had to go, and, and, and he called me and wanted to swap play, uh, churches, so we did a little bit of a, of a church swap. They should make a TV show about that, right? And anyway, not wife swap. That's a bad idea. Don't ever do that. And anyway, so, so anyway, we did it, and it was really great, and Pastor Doug has such a, such a great uh, testimony and message. If you didn't get a chance to get his book last week, we have him in the bookstore, and, and we had some people who, who asked about... Um, about uh, why we didn't do a love offering at the end. It's because Doug didn't want to, but if you want to support him in the, their ministry, you can buy his book, and you'll get something back from that. You get to read that book, and I would highly, highly recommend his book. Um, it's, it, it's called The Dark Side of Faith, and it talks about what he went through and, and how he struggled through some situations, situations in his life and how God brought him through. And, and if you're going through that, you should, you should grab that. So anyway, uh, I'm excited about this morning. Uh, I, I allowed Joey to let the cat out of the bag. You guys knew it was coming, though. I'm going um, to start a series for the summer for like 10 weeks called 10 Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. How many people have, have, have read some of Jesus' words before in the Bible, right? And how many know that, that Jesus was, was a good guy, right? He was a good, let's, let's all say he was a good guy. He was a, he was a good guy. So Jesus was a good guy. And, and so um, it's incredible the amount of information that Jesus uh, taught in, in just the really what seems like a little bit that we have in the Bible of, of his words. But there is so, there's so much information in there. And much of what Jesus taught about was, was about loving God and about loving people. But Jesus went way beyond that. Jesus challenged people to live outside of their norm, to, to see life in a different way than they were used to. And in doing that, he, he made some statements that might have rubbed people the wrong way. He made some statements that might have been hard for people to digest a little bit because it was really challenging to them. Have you ever read one of those kind of scriptures where... Or Jesus said, or the Bible says something, and you're like, ooh, that, I don't know, I don't know about that. Well, well um, anyway, I'm excited about today. We're going to dive right in with a heavy hitter, but before we do, why don't we, uh, why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for each and every person who's here. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that was here in worship time. Lord, that you speak to us, not just through the message, but through that time where we're surrendering ourselves. Father, I pray today as, as I go through uh, some of what your word says, Lord, that it's not my words, not my will, Lord, but your words and your will that happens in people's lives. Lord, as we look into some challenging uh, scriptures, Lord, I pray that you'll give us uh, maybe a little conviction, maybe a little uh, uh, mind check that says, maybe I need to live in such a way that Jesus teaches. And so, uh, Father, I pray you give us ears to hear and hearts that understand and minds that desire to live like you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So like I said, <coughs> excuse me, I want to I start off this series with kind of a heavy hitter. Are you ready for this? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready for this? All right, so, so we're going we're gonna to get into it today. And I know you're all nervous right now. I can feel the tension building in this place. And Paul already made everybody stand up once, so I won't make you do that again. But I will make you talk to each other a few times during the message. But, uh, but anyway, um, you remember over the last month or so, we've been, we did this series called Risk Reality. And in that series, we talked about how we really are all sinners, right? 
right? We're all sinners. Turn your neighbor, the other neighbor, and say, I'm a sinner. Turn the other way and tell the other person that they are a sinner, okay? Could you do that? You're a sinner. You should all say, yes, you're right, I'm guilty. But, but more than focusing on sin in that series, although we did focus on sin, um, is, is we wanted to focus on the fact that God sent Jesus to save us, to redeem us, to make it possible for us to, to live righteously even though we're sinners. And, and we looked at this word called grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. It's God's willingness to overlook our flaws, to overlook our shortcomings, and so there's another word that kind of works in that same way. You could almost say that, that this word or this concept or this thing that we do or should do or that God did does the same thing. It overlooks our, our transgressions, and, and it's a word that starts with an F. Do you know what it is? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Is there anyone in your life that you need to forgive today? I see some people nodding yes, but many of you are like, nah, no, I'm good. Let me put this a different way. Is there any way, anyone that when you see them coming down the hallway, maybe here at church, they just drop their kids off, you're going in to drop yours off, that you're just like, you turn and like act like you're reading that poster along the wall that really says, that really says nothing that you need to know, and you're just like, mm, and they walk by. Have you ever, is there anybody that when you pull into the Meyer or Walmart parking lot and you see them coming out with their groceries that you will purposely like bring your phone up like this and sit in your car until they've loaded every last grocery in their car and pulled all the way out of the parking lot before you'll get out of the, the parking lot to go, or out of your car to go into the, you, you righteous people, you, no, <laughs> you've done that. And so anyway, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you need to forgive those people. Maybe, just maybe, you need to be the bigger man or woman, step up to the plate, and deliver some forgiveness. So here it is, the first thing I wish Jesus never said. Matthew 16, 14, write it down. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I expected silence. Anyway, um, wait a second, right? God is, is grace. He is the king of forgiveness. How is it possible that I could not be forgiven when, when God is love? This is the... the fallacy, the, the thing that people say about God. He's loving, so he obviously could never condemn me to hell. He never could not forgive me. Go, well, you serve a loving God, right? Yeah, I do. But, but he kind of says some heavy things in the Bible if you'd open it up. And one of those is that if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. You may be like, but God forgives all people, right? Eh, wrong, okay? No, he does not. Remember the Lord's Prayer? He forgives us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. In fact, if you read the Word, when it talks about forgiveness, it always involves our action, not just God's. Interesting. So there's this like, question that's got to like, come up. Like, wait a second, I'm saved. 
aren't I forgiven? We'll get there. Anyway, so you see, the Bible teaches it throughout the whole book. Forgiveness is not a one-way street. Let's read in Luke 6, 37 and 38. It says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be what? Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out onto your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Essentially, God says, pay it forward, right? If you want to be forgiven, then you need to be a forgiver, correct? So this is a bigger problem and a bigger challenge to the the way we think than we think. it's, It's a challenge to the way that we live, because we, we're commonly taught that after we get saved, we are washed white as snow, right? Like Queen Elsa, white as snow. Or like like we, we are we're taken care of, There's God no, no longer sees our sin. And, and now, to a point, to a point this is true, and the Bible backs that up. We are saved, and then we are going to heaven, and we are redeemed because of a decision to follow Christ, but, but our sin, unforgiveness can keep us from living the abundant life that God has for us. It can keep us from living the life he has. What, what, is, what does that mean, abundant life, if you're not used to being in church and hearing that phrase? It's living in the fullness of God's blessings. Abundant life is living in the fullness or the completeness of receiving all the blessings and the things that God has for you. Remember that when I've talked about how sanctification or holiness is both instant at salvation but also a lifelong process, this is why we need God's forgiveness. Jesus, uh, I, love, I love that like all these scriptures come from Jesus. I, I, think, I think every scripture that I have in here today would be red letters in the Bible. So it is all completely what Jesus said, okay? So Jesus says this, in Mark 11, 25, 26, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Again, we see that he says you must forgive in order to be forgiven. What's interesting is he says at the beginning, when you stand praying, which would imply he's talking to people who pray which means he's talking to people who are believers. And yet they still need forgiveness. Like I think that's something that, that, and and maybe you don't feel this way, but I think that's something that a lot of believers deal with in their mind is this idea, well, I am saved. I don't need to go out and forgive that person for this. I will just stay in my car and, and read my iPhone until they load all their groceries up in the back of the car and they leave. And that's okay because God says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And so I'm not going to get out of the car. And, 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 and so um, speaking of blessed are the peacemakers, this isn't my notes, but this is something that I've been dealing with in my life. I, I, I've had a, a current struggle where I've, I've been repeating those words, and my wife is like, I hate those words. I said, well, they're Jesus' words, honey, you should repent. Anyway, um, <laughs> like those are good words, and the Lord wants to use them maybe in your life, sweetheart. Anyway, blessed are the peacemakers. No, I would never say that, but she's not in this service. So, um, <laughs> But I'll say it next service, too, and she'll hit me later. Anyway, like not in a bad way, like, you know, elbow in the stomach. Anyway, uh, just scratch that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Often we think, like, well, I'm just not going to even approach that person or try to forgive them because I'm going to just, God says that blessed are the peacemakers. 
are the peacemakers. Um, that's right. God said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. There's a difference. See, a peacekeeper is somebody who just continues with the status quo and tries not to make any waves. A peacemaker is somebody who does something about it to create peace. God says we need to be forgivers. We need to be peacemakers, the kind of people who go out and do what God tells us to do, to put action to our lives in order to create peace instead of just being peacekeepers who just keep the status quo. That was in my notes. That's a little extra. I'll probably leave it out next, next service because my wife will be here. Anyway, <clears throat> so, like, what is the benefit of forgiveness? So, I've, I've been talking about how we need forgiveness, all this stuff, but what's really the benefit? Like, I'm already saved. Can't I just continue living my life? I'll go to heaven? Well, sure, you can. You can't receive the abundant life, but, but is there any negative, really? Like, I, I could just live my life, and maybe I won't receive all the blessings of God, but, but I could just, I, maybe I could deal with that and be okay and just make it to heaven at the end. But, but is there any negative to, to not forgiving somebody or just being a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker? Um, Jesus explains this, again, in his words, um, in a parable found in Matthew, Matthew 18, 21. It's a bunch of scripture, but I'm going to read it, and we're going to talk about it. Um, Matthew 18, 21 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus, and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Like, come on, dude. Go up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. That's a lot. What Jesus means is every time you should forgive. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children uh, and all that he had would be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. And he said, be patient with me and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled, say the word canceled, canceled his debt, and he let him go. Verse 28 says, But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him, and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees, and he begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. Verse 31, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the, the servant, the first servant in, and he said, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Now listen to this. Listen to this. Verse 34, in anger... His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Verse 35, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sisters from your heart. Number two thing that I wish Jesus never said. No, it all is in the same one. Forgiveness. Forgive if you want to be forgiven. I want to look at those words again, maybe more specifically the last two verses. 
I don't know if we'll read them again, but actually, let's just read them again. Verse 34, in, in, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Verse 35, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. There's two things I want to point out um, about forgiveness in this scripture and everything. One is that forgiveness is a spiritual thing. Did you know that? Forgiveness is spiritual. It is not, there, there's no like necessarily no physical act that, that shows forgiveness. A hug doesn't mean that you're forgiven. Paying back money that, that maybe you owe doesn't mean that you're forgiven because you, you could still be holding or somebody repaying you back doesn't mean you forgive them because you could still be upset with them and in unforgiveness over the fact that they kept the money for so long. Like, as far as forgiveness goes, it is a spiritual thing. That's why God specifically says, forgive them from your heart. But unforgiveness is spiritual, emotional, and physical. Unforgiveness has physical ramifications. We see in the scripture that if we do not forgive, that God will do as the master did in his story. He handed the, the, the wicked servant over to the jailer, in order, uh, in order that he would have to be basically tortured to pay off the debt that he had. That's a physical punishment that, that he's experiencing because of his own actions, because of his own unforgiveness in his own heart. So what could the jailer represent to you if you don't have forgiveness in your heart? It literally says that God will, it says at the beginning of the scripture, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. Or a master. And, and we are like the servant, right? And so literally, God will hand you over to the jailer if you have unforgiveness in your heart. This is so heavy, isn't it? Everybody turn to each other and do a fake laugh real quick. Uh, see, it didn't make you feel any better. Anyway, they won't all be heavy this summer. <laughs> Actually, this one... You know, this one isn't, isn't meant to be heavy. It's meant to bring freedom, right? Because who is the jailer? The jailer is the bondage of your life that you are in because of unforgiveness. It's not necessarily the devil or the world. It, it could be anxiety. It could be frustration. It could be depression. It could be, it could be relational problems. It could be all kinds of different things that you are experiencing. It could be health issues. It could be all kinds of things because you won't forgive. That God, the master, will hand you over to the jailer to go through the punishment that you deserve because you are not a forgiver. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that a lack of forgiveness is always the cause of bondage or, or something like that in your life. We still have nine weeks to go. Anyway, but, but, I am, but what I am saying is there's a great possibility that your lack of forgiveness is creating some sort of physical, emotional, or spiritual bondage, or holding back in your life. I mean, Jesus says, when you pray, you, if you have anything against your brother, I read it already, then you need to go and forgive them. So your Father will forgive you, which means forgiveness is linked to your prayer life, too. 
It's, it's linked to your spiritual relationship with God. It's, it's forgiveness is definitely linked to your marriage, right? Because if you can't forgive, you probably don't have a very good marriage. You know, it's probably linked to, to your relationship with your kids if you have kids. Because if you can't forgive them for breaking your favorite fishing pole right before opening day of bass season last weekend, then, then you're probably going to have a rough summer with your kid, right? Let's just be honest with each other and my kids. Anyway, let's, let's just be honest, right? Forgiveness is linked to, like, a, an abundant life that Christ has for us. He wants us to live an abundant life, a life filled with the blessing that he has for us. So, so anyway, how, how do we do it? How do we, like, what, what does the Bible say about, about how we forgive? It's so simple, but yet it's so deep at the same time. King Solomon, anybody ever heard of King Solomon before? He was the wi- God says, by the way, that he was the wisest man that ever lived. God gave him the opportunity to basically have any prayer answered that he prays. Like, I will give you the, I will answer whatever prayer you ask of me. And instead of gold, riches, you know, women, whatever other things that society says is a great, is a great thing to have. Instead, Solomon, um, he, he asks for wisdom. And so God pours it out on him. And because of wisdom, he, he gains all the other things that he ever desired and that, that he wanted. He had like 500 wives. That's not very wise. Um, but, but we'll give him that one. Anyway, he, he wrote the book of Proverbs, or a lot of the book of Proverbs, and he, he wrote these things about, uh, really about forgiveness. Proverbs 19.11, it says, a, per, a person's wisdom yields patience, and it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. What is overlooking an offense? It's forgiveness. Overlook, that's an interesting word. What does it mean to overlook something? My, uh, my kids, when we sit at the dinner table, the, the twins, our daughter and our son, they're two and a half, they sit with their backs to the window. And anytime any animal walks by our, through our yard, the, the older boys who are on the other side, they're like, look a deer! And then, and then dinner's over. Um, so, so anyway, our daughter's always like, where, where, where? And she sounds like that. And, and, and so I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the, the dining room, and I see a rabbit out there in between our house and the sandbox, which is, you know, I don't know, 80 feet away or something like that. And it's like right in the middle of the yard. And if you're a volunteer, you can come see right where the rabbit was in a couple weeks at the volunteer thing at my house. Anyway, so, uh, so I'm like, Harper, look, there's a rabbit. And she's like, where? And I'm like, there's a rabbit. Shh, there's a rabbit. She's like, where? I don't see it. You know, I'm like, I'm like, it's right in the middle of the yard. She's like, by the sandbox? And I'm like, no, not by the sandbox. It's in the middle of the yard. I'm like, where? I don't see it. Where is it? Where is it? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like great. you know how you grab your kid's head? You're like, right there, right there. <laughs> and I'm trying to get her to look at it. And she's like, of course, she's loud, and the thing runs off. I'm like, are you serious? <sighs> Never mind. But what she did is, is really... And you may think, like, wait a second, but, but it's really what God wants us to do in forgiveness and overlooking. See, she was aware it was there. In fact, I was telling her, and sometimes we have other people who will constantly feed into our unforgiveness, right? They will tell us, like, no, that person deserves what they're getting. You don't, you don't, you don't need to say sorry to the, that person. You don't need to do that. You know, you even have people in your ears saying that. Like, just like I was saying to her, no, it's right there. You need to notice it. You need to see it. You need to be focused on it. And, and instead, she's like, Knows it's there somewhere, 
and just is seeing right past it. Like, that's what God wants us to do with forgiveness, right? Like, we know it's there. You know, she couldn't, but if we wanted to, we could focus on it. And we could make it a really big deal. And we could let it destroy us and destroy other people. We could let it make our grocery shopping trips a whole lot longer. (laughs) Or we could overlook it and not allow it to keep us in bondage anymore. And now, like, overlooking it isn't, isn't the only thing because we can't just be peace, peace, peacekeepers. We need to be peacemakers. So there's action involved. Proverbs 17, this is King Solomon again. He says, whoever covers an offense seeks what? Whoever covers an offense in a different version of the Bible, in many other versions, it says, whoever overlooks an offense, same word, seeks love. You see, if we will, if we will be willing to go to somebody and say, I want to overlook this, we can produce love in our lives. We can produce abundant living peace, Right? If we will be willing to do that. Do you want peace in your life, in your marriage, your relationships, your work? You have to be willing to overlook things. You have to be willing to say, you know, I'm not going to let that rule my life. Gosh, I mean, like, God overlooked all your offenses, right? Boy, if he wanted to, just like we did for the last month, he could really pinpoint all the things that we do wrong. And he could really make us feel like junk because of it. But he doesn't. He overlooks it. He says, I love you anyway, and I'm willing to let love win. Like the great theologian, Queen Elsa, said, let it go. Let it go. I'm not going to, whether it is, hold on anymore. I don't look like her, but, you know, I sound just like her. You're not saying that things are okay. You're not saying things that are okay, but you are saying that I am not going to hold on to it or let it hold on to me any longer. That is forgiveness. That is what God calls us to do. That is what Jesus teaches over and over. I could have quoted a whole bunch more scriptures and kept you here for 10 more minutes, and then it would have been chaos in the parking lot. But I'm not going to do that. Jesus speaks about forgiveness over and over. The Bible is completely filled with scriptures about loving each other and forgiveness and caring for others and paying it forward and and being the ones to take the first step. Because if you will forgive others, your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. Lord, Lord, I realize that sometimes your word can be heavy and it can be something that that strikes us in a spot that hurts. And I know there's people here today, Lord, you know there's people here today that are struggling with unforgiveness. Even when I brought it up, think about the fact that they, they think they could never forgive this person for what they did, whether it's a family member or friend or maybe a spouse or an ex-spouse. But God says you can. 
God says that you can do exceedingly abundantly over all things, that he can, he can make the impossible possible. And the thing about God's word is that he, he says that if you will do these things, it will bring fruit into your life that is so much more fulfilling than anything you can do on your own. Father, I thank you for each and every individual here who, whether they're struggling at this moment with unforgiveness or who will walk into a situation in the near future probably where they need to be full of forgiveness, Father, I pray that you will impress it onto our heart that we need to be Christ-like, we need to be like you, and we need to let love rule and win in our lives each and every day. That we can overlook offenses and things that people do that make us upset or that, that, that strike us in the wrong spot where it hurts. We want to be more like you, Father. Today, if you're here with everybody's eyes closed, if, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you've never accepted him as your Savior, but today you want to, maybe forward to every day that he has for you living, living in his plan. If that's you today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to begin living that way, if you're here in this place with everybody's eyes closed, just right now, slip your hand up. Is there anybody here who wants to accept Jesus as their Lord? Awesome. Awesome. God is so good. Just keep your hand up. The ushers put something in your hand. Don't look at it right now. It's for later. Father, I thank you for these people that raise their hand, Lord. Lord, you know where they hurt. You know where they struggle. You know what they're dealing with that, that seems negative in their life. And I pray right now you begin to lead and guide them and direct their path into overcoming those things. Your word says that we can be overcomers because of you. But, Father, you know where they're victorious. You know the gifts you've given them and the, and the life that you've given them or that you desire for them. And Father, I pray they begin to walk in those giftings and those victorious things and they begin to praise you because of them. Let their life be new today. We're gonna say a prayer and as you, as you say this prayer, if you're saying it for the first time, this is you accepting Jesus as your savior. This is you knowing that you're going to heaven and starting a new purpose-driven life. So pray this with me. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and rise again so that I could be saved. I am a sinner and I struggle with sin. But today, I'm a new creation, a child of God, redeemed, renewed, remade in you. From this day on, I make you my Lord and Savior. Lead me and guide me. And help me to live for you for all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for God. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.